Uh, so follow along with me as I read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. In those days, a decree went from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration with Quinius, the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the lineage, the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time for her to give birth came. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Then the angels went away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. How special it is that we can set aside this day to reflect back on that day that we've just read now in Luke chapter 2, the day that Jesus was born into this world. Uh, As we open up that scripture today, I thought we also might use it to open up our last carol for today, Uh, Before we sing it, uh, the one on the back page uh, of the bulletin, uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Uh, Luke 2 might help us to uh, think through that carol, uh, and we might start thinking through that carol starting with uh, that first word, hark. And that's something you don't hear every day these days, is it? Hark. Uh, Because it's something we don't much say outside of Christmas. In fact, really outside of that carol, hark. What, What does that word mean? Uh, Hark is an old word meaning listen or or pay attention. Uh, It's like that word behold in verse 10 of our reading. The angel said to the shepherds, fear not for behold or hark we might say in old English, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
as in the Christmas carol, uh, the angel here is heralding, announcing something vital. A new king has, has been born, as, as the carol says. A Christ has been born, an anointed one, as the angel says in our scripture in verse 11. Uh, born in the city of King David, verses 1 to 7 make clear, uh, because this baby was also to be a king, a long-awaited king from the line of David, whom God had promised uh, a thousand years earlier. Uh, for that detail, we might turn back one page in Luke's Gospel uh, to Luke chapter 1 and verse 32, where the angel Gabriel had said to Mary that her baby will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So yes, we should certainly sing of this day, glory to the newborn king. But what kind of king exactly are we talking here? Uh, the portion of scripture that we have read in chapter 2 uh, uh, fills out a few details about this baby king that I reckon we should take stock of today before we do sing that last song. The first is that he is to be a saviour king. We saw that in verse 10. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour. A saviour who is Christ the Lord. This king was born into this manger with purpose to save. And by save here, the angel means that he will save sinners from their sin. Matthew captures that detail in his account of these things. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, the angel visited Joseph and he said of Mary, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. This newborn king has been born as a saviour, Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, to save sinners. And that gets unpacked more and more as the scriptures go on in terms of the way God would reconcile sinners to himself through this Jesus, this saviour. For example, in Colossians chapter 1 we read, for in him, in this baby that we're reading of in Luke 2, in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So Jesus came into this manger for the cross the cross where God carried out the right and good judgment against our sin on him. That, that's why the Son of God took on our human form that day in Luke chapter 2. The very gospel of Christ Jesus, that he would die to receive upon him the penalty we should receive for our sin. And his gospel says that when we put our trust in him for that, our sin is therefore paid for him in that by this king born in this manger, we are reconciled to our holy God. He was born like so to save like so. Don't miss that point this Christmas. He is a saviour king. Uh, so no wonder we sing then, peace on earth and mercy mild 
God and sinners reconciled because this king came to lay down his glory, to lay down his life to save. Mild, he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. He is a saviour king. A second aspect of this baby then has already been tipped off by those first thoughts on the first aspect because this saviour king is also a divine king. That is to say, he's not mere baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, but eternal God. And so we sing in that carol, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. In other words, this baby king is God in human form. That's what incarnate means in that song, that God or or deity is, is manifest in our earthly form in this baby in these swaddling cloths in this manger. And that is signalled here in Luke chapter 2. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Uh, Incidentally, heart can also mean to look back on something, to reflect back on something of old. And we might hark back with the angel here in Luke 2 because that's what he's doing, because the sign that he mentions here harks back a long, long way. This sign had been promised by God about 700 years earlier through the prophet Isaiah. God had foretold this sign in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. He said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 700 some years later, the Lord is now doing in Luke chapter 2 what he had long promised. The sign is now here. The child is now born. In his account of this nativity, Matthew quotes that old prophecy from Isaiah and translates that name. Matthew 1 and verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. As we contemplate the baby of that sign in Luke chapter 2, we are in unique territory. Unique even in terms of kings. This newborn king is God in our form which much God had also foretold in Isaiah chapter 9 all those years ago. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In his account, John says this much in John 1.18, No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side He has made him known because the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1.14. We might think about God every now and then, I suppose, as human beings. We might long to even know God and what he's like, perhaps. Wonder whether we as humans might be able to, uh, you know, kind of find find our way to uh, God. But the Bible shows us that God came to us. The eternal Son of God became like one of us, taking on our humble human form. Literally, Emmanuel means God with us. And yet he will also be called Jesus, as we see at the end of our reading in verse 21. 
At the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. That harks back to chapter 1 and verse 31, where the angel had visited Mary and said, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Matthew's account gives us the two names together, side by side, almost one verse and then the next. Matthew 1.21, she will bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Uh, quotes Isaiah verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Angel says, call his name Jesus in verse 21, and uh, the prophet said, call his name Emmanuel, verse 23. The dual name comes with no explanation. But think it through. To truly save people from their sins, Jesus has to be divine. If he was just one of us, uh, he would be a sinner too, in every bit as much of need of a saviour as every one of us do. Jesus means Yahweh saves, or Yahweh is salvation. Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. This newborn king is both human and divine. Uh, And yet, because this divine king came as a man to save mankind, he is therefore a very generous king. Indeed, Infinitely generous, if you put those first two things together properly. He came explicitly for others, for us. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give us second birth. Back in chapter 1 of Luke, uh, the Holy Spirit of God had prophesied at that that time through a priest called Zechariah about about his future son, John the Baptist, Uh, Luke chapter 1 and verse 76, if you have it there. And you, child, uh, speaking of John the Baptist, you will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. He is a giving king. Through his incarnation and sacrificial death for us, Jesus has opened up the way of peace and joy for us. He did this for us. His purpose in coming was so as to give to us. Through faith in Christ, we will have joyful life in God's love forever because the sin that should banish us from him and from all of his gifts, by the way, has been paid for by him in Jesus. He came like so to give. And a truly generous king he is. Back in Luke 2, The shepherds went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. 
And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Joyful all ye nations rise, join this triumph of the skies. This is indeed good news of great joy. This this baby king is a saviour of ordinary sinners, a saviour of those who would be right with God, and he is God, so he can do that for us without any shadow or question of doubt. And he is so generous that this isn't just, you know, theory about what God could do if he wanted to. He condescended to come and do so for us. And yet something else comes with all of that in these scriptures. He is also a renewing king for his people. Let's open up another line in that song, first of all. Adam's likeness now efface, stamp thine image in its place. Efface is another one of these old words we never really use. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever used it outside of this song. It means to erase, to wipe something away until it cannot be seen anymore. Jesus not only saves us from our penalty of sin, he gives us something new. When he saves, Jesus also begins removing the sinful nature of fallen humankind from us, erasing Adam's sinful likeness in us and reshaping us instead to be more and more like him. He takes on our likeness and lifts us up with him by giving us his likeness, saving and then transforming his people, all who will but come to him. That part of the song isn't really here in Luke 2, but if you were to jump ahead, you would see it. Even if you just got as far as chapter 3, John the Baptist start opening up that side of all this for you, that renewal will also come to Jesus' people hand in hand with their salvation. Good fruit will be grown in us. Later still in scripture, that just keeps getting clearer and clearer. By 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we read this much. And we all, that is, all who have come to Jesus Christ for salvation, we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, if you want to dig it up. The king here is concerned with the complete renewal of his people. Jesus is a divine king. He is a very generous king. He is a saviour king and a renewing king. Is all of that somewhere near what you had been hoping on this Christmas? Did you realise that you needed a king like this? A God who would be so completely generous with you in this kind of way that that he would save you from your sin? It's very confronting, this Christmas message, isn't it, when you start to think it through, that he would save you from your sin and then transform you to make you more like him. As much as the gospel shows us the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, so too it therefore shows us 
just how desperate our fallen human condition truly is. Because otherwise, I'm sorry, but otherwise Jesus isn't born into this manger in Luke chapter 2. Why else come like this? But because we are in such desperate and dire need. And because he is so generous, though, to give us eternal life and salvation and the joy and the peace that comes with knowing that he has given us that in Jesus Christ. If your hopes are pinned on Jesus this Christmas for these things, then be full of joy, therefore, and at peace today. This is God's eternal plan to give those things to you, to give you joy and peace forever. Not through you know, your striving or something like that. Not through your track record, uh, what that might look like. Nor whether you've ticked off some list this year or some other year or didn't tick off some list. Nor through anything of you. But through this newborn king. So peace and joy be with you this Christmas day. Because this much God has done. If you haven't understood your need in terms of these things and and come to Jesus for this vital gift from God, then, then draw near today. Lean in and hear today in these scriptures. This baby king in this manger is the singular and only hope that you or, or anyone else will ever come to know true and lasting peace and joy. Because you are sunk in sin, like all of humanity, without exception or clause. Uh, unless you receive this generous gift that God has held out. His son came into the world just like this to save his people from their sins and to reshape all those who come to him and make them new. Turn from your sin and come with the shepherds to to Jesus this Christmas day. And listen, uh, one and all, once again from Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, the angel said, fear not, For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth Peace among those with whom he is pleased. There's a lot of great and beautiful and wonderful things about Christmas, no question, no doubt. But come to Jesus. Otherwise, you won't really pick up anything of lasting significance at all. Uh, One final thing we must note about this king as we close We must draw this point out too. Not only will his kingdom stand forever, as the angel says in Luke chapter 1 and verse 32, but the Bible reveals this Jesus as the king who every one of us, every one of us must eventually recognise, whether it be the one way or the other, we must recognise this king so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians chapter 2. To which we might add, hark indeed.
Hark, indeed. And yet, why should we wait for that eventually to come? Glory to the newborn king. Let's join this angel and these shepherds and this multitude of heavenly hosts here and let's sing. Let's sing, brothers and sisters.
Merry Christmas, everybody.